0: As if the McCrispy couldn't get any better, Bacon and Ranch just entered the chat. The Bacon Ranch McCrispy, available at participating McDonald's for a limited time. Lightning like Lee Murray wanted to be world champion in the USC. He just happens to be involved in the largest cash robbery in the world. It's definitely not saying.
1: <laughs> Showtime Sports presents the unbelievable true story about the MMA fighter who pulled off one of the largest heists in history.
0: Huge amounts of money, armed gang, disguises, kidnapping. This is the sort of thing you see in Hollywood films. We've never seen that for real. Catching Lightning, streaming Friday, April 7th, only on Showtime. Streaming with Paramount+. Plus.
1: Hello again, Broncos country, Kev Dan here, and you are listening to yet another post-game podcast by Orange Weekly. Broncos take their second win in a row, going to Gillette Stadium and facing the Patriots on the road and coming away with an awesome victory using McManus's leg to score six field goals. Either way, Cam Newton gets shut down, Bill Belichick goes home crying, and the Broncos come back home. Two and three on the season. So, kick back, relax. Tanner and I are going to break down the game for you and share our thoughts on all the good and mostly good, but some of the bad, that went on during the game. So, thanks for listening and welcome to the Orange Weekly Post Game Podcast. Fans, Brews, and Broncos News.
0: What's up, Broncos Country? Tanner Lee and the godfather of Orange Weekly, Kev Dan, back yet again with another Orange Weekly postgame podcast. Two wins in a row. We get to talk, talk. two wins in a row that we've got to talk to you <laughs> the last two times we've recorded. Uh, it feels like forever, Kev Dan. Wait, says we t- two games in a row? Two games in a row two w's in a row we haven't got this opportunity in quite a long what? time it feels like forever since we've talked to broncos country cuz you know
1: well that that covid allowed. decided
0: to run rampant across the nfl and give us 17 days in between our
1: games but my uh, week ever i did wake wow. up this morning and i was like man i you know i was that was a good dream i uh, gained <laughs> it weight <Wait. laughs> one crap it's monday two helli Dude, that freaking happened it yeah. was a great
0: monday because the broncos went into foxborough place they haven't won at since jake the snake was under center back in 2006 and they and upset the hoodie and cam newton continue to make cam newton's life a living hell which is always great um what a fun game yesterday
1: it drew Locke, youngest quarterback to win in foxborough whose name is not tom brady 23 years old. Yes, and I'm and, sure we're going
0: to get into more detail about his play.
1: Oh, we are. Oh, we mm-hmm. are. So, yeah, right. buddy, a lot to talk about, right?
0: A lot to talk about, a lot of positives to talk about, which we always enjoy on the post-game podcast. And and I saw our next opponent just end up sealing uh, the deal there with a Monday mm. late afternoon win, I guess I can call it, about technically night, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's a that's, uh, – Story for another day. That's story for the pregame podcast, guys. The host. We're here to recap the Broncos' big victory yesterday. We're the fun deep, podcast. We're the fun podcast. After, you hear that, guys? Either
1: way, but after after the after a win, we're the fun podcast.
0: That is true. So, after a loss, we might be the. Uh, uh, we're still more fun.
1: We're still more. fun. Yeah, I
0: like that. I like the way you rolled <laughs> Kevin. Dan. But eighteen to twelve victory by the Broncos yesterday, and what a what an interesting game it was a game that reminded me I kind of had some flashbacks of the Super Bowl 50 defense a little bit yesterday
1: yeah they were phenomenal and, and you know at the beginning of the season I was like oh, okay Cam Newton's going to New England I and mean, I cannot wait for uh, Vaughn to show up and just wreck Cam Newton's world all over again and then of course when Vaughn went down it was like uh now we got to play Cam Newton in their stadium Bill Belichick all that stuff I'm like uh you never know with Bill Belichick and them and we had lengthy discussions about this in all of our previous week's uh, content. And, yeah, come to find out that we were able to just absolutely destroy Cam Newton without Vaughn. And that says a lot about our defense alone. Cam Newton, Bill Belichick in their stadium, our defense looked solid.
0: Absolutely. I mean, um, and I never want to discredit the type of player Vaughn Miller is, but we no, didn't no, no, really no. need him yesterday. Yeah, Bradley Chubb was a beast. Malik Reed was a beast. Shelby Shelby Harris Harris. continues to be a beast. Can the Broncos, can you please just sign him right now? Get it over with. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So I don't have to worry about that. But, uh, no, really everybody on the defense side of the ball played great yesterday. Uh, Love, love, love aggressive Vic Fangio. I think the defense was more aggressive yesterday than we've seen him during the tenure that he's been the Broncos head coach.
1: Yeah. I can't wait till we break down the, the end of the game there because that play I want to talk about a lot. Uh, but yeah, no, but aggressive on both offense and defense.
0: Yeah. That's a and good point.
1: It, it, it worked and you know, that's what we needed to do. And Dave and I were talking about in the pregame show a little bit. Um, you know, this is, this is what we're looking for. I don't know how we're going to go about doing it, but I think uh, nobody expected us to go out right off the bat and what second play deep ball down the field. And one, it was caught, and two, it was like, holy crap, these guys are serious, right? And not to get too far ahead of ourselves, but if we're going to be able to compete against some of these peop- uh, these uh, teams coming up on our schedule, this is exactly how we have to play.
0: Absolutely. In the deep ball, like you mentioned, we went through it the second play of the game, and that was a common theme yesterday. That obviously was part of the game plan. Let's beat them over the top and beat them deep. And I was surprised that was part of the game plan because two of their deep threats, of course, Cortland Sutton's out for the season, but they're also missing Noah Fant, who's kind of been that reliable over mm-hmm. the middle of deep threats. But uh, Tim Patrick, man, the guy's a baller. The guy is a baller. Two games in a row now, over a hundred yard mark. Um, yeah, I mean, what can you say? He's just going out and performing. He's doing what he's stepping up. That's yeah. that's really what he's doing. Um, Alberto, I'm not gonna try to pronounce his uh, last Bob name tonight. Lebanon.
1: Oku Boom. Right there. It took me 15 minutes to kind of, you know, get that I down. Practice.
0: I need to get in front of the mirror did. and do some repetitions to it took me. It
1: took me some time. I'm not gonna <laughs> lie. But I wasn't gonna let David uh be the only one who could pronounce that on our team. So I, like I had that. a yeah. <laughs> Alberto is just fine though.
0: <laughs> yeah, Alberto. right now. I'm, I'll pra- I'll get it down for next week, I promise. Sounds good. Promise. <laughs> but uh I love the, how he played yesterday. He did have a few drops, uh, we, and we can get into that in the red zone yeah. area. But for a guy who was activated for his first career in game, he played pretty darn good. And you could tell there was a connection from uh, the Missouri days between him and Locke playing three years together. Yeah. Um, Jerry Judy had some good moments yesterday. Uh, yeah, it was just nice to see the offense. And phil Lindsey, great to have Phil Lindsay back and running hard yesterday. Eclipsed the 100-yard mark, which I believe that was the first – he was the first running back to do that against New England this year, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I thought the offense, like you said, I thought they were aggressive. I thought they moved the ball well. Just the only downside was they couldn't convert the red zone opportunities into touchdowns.
1: Yeah. Now, if you look at the one where Okwobi uh, uh Alberto, I just screwed it up already. So uh, <laughs> hey, Alberto, good to me. You know, if that would have been Noah Fant, that that would have been a catch. I mean, it went right through mm-hmm. his hands. And so that look, rookie mistake. This is his first game in the NFL. Um, And a couple of the times, you know, just rookie mistakes, lots, you know, he's now the starting tight end pretty much, and it's against New England, and they were covering him pretty well. They're covering everyone pretty well. Mm -hmm. Uh, So if you take into account a couple of those, I mean, you're looking at one if not two touchdowns, you know. Um, So, yeah, did – Brandon McManus is the leg win it for us. Yeah. I mean, the offense did their part and the defense really did their part. Um, But overall, those touchdowns were uh, obviously lacking. And you're looking, you're saying, well, if we're going to go up against Kansas City Chiefs, our defense can keep us in those games, but our offense have to score some points. And that's what I was really looking for, especially on that fourth and two, fourth and goal on the two yard line. You know, I think we were up 15 to three or something at that point. Um, maybe 12 to three, but it's like these, this, this team needs a touchdown. And I'm almost wondering if it's getting to a mental part right now, more than anything.
0: Yeah. It, it, this seems to be a reoccurring, um, factor Problem-ish, really the uh, uh, problem. Yeah. problem has been scoring in red zone. And the only time we really saw the Broncos be successful at that in the last four years or so was the end of last year when Locke was in the offense. Yep. And we just haven't seen it replicate yet this year. But he was coming off uh, being out for a couple weeks, which mm-hmm. that was one thing I was looking for. How is he even going to show any signs of wear or any sign of injury? And if you were just an everyday NFL fan and doesn't pay that close attention to the Broncos you're watching, you couldn't even tell this was a guy coming off injury. He was no. moving around pretty well. He took some pops, especially diving towards the end zone one time, which I thought that was great. He, I mean, it made me nervous. So but, close, um, right, but yeah, nervous. But but, but he put his body on the line, and I mean, I think that's why the players, another reason why they love to have him be their quarterback. Um, he's out there giving it his all. Um, I thought he looked good moving around and that sort of thing. And I was arguing with a guy today because he's not a Bronco fan, and I don't think he watched too much of the game until the end, but he was telling me how bad Lock played. I was like, well, if you look at the stat line, maybe that's what the stat line is telling you. But I said, the guy moved the ball. The first six drives equaled six touchdowns and gotten into the red zone four different times. They mm-hmm. just couldn't convert. I said, they wouldn't have won without him behind center No, yesterday. No. He did enough good things to give them the victory. He just didn't throw any touchdowns. Did he throw two bad picks? Yes. Especially the first one was real bad. Second mm-hmm. one, I don't even know why Pat Sherman was calling a play call there. I'm still no. kind of scratch my head about that one, but, um, you know, he's still a young quarterback, still basically a rookie, even though he's not. Um, so he's got, but he's got to learn from that and I think he will, but, right. uh, I still thought, I mean, for instance, that third and was it 18 year, 20 to Tim Patrick, unbelievable. I mean, that's the type of things he can do for this offense that the other quarterbacks we've had since Peyton Manning cannot do.
1: Yeah. Well, even if you think back to last year and, 95% of the teams out there right now, you're in third and 21. How many of them are going to go for the the pass there? I don't think we were deep in their territory or anything. We're about midfield, you know. So to go for that pass versus try to get, you know, a couple yards, just set yourself up for the punt basically to actually go for it and then once succeed. I mean, you're talking about last year we were complaining all year about how we were not being aggressive on offense at all. And now mm-hmm. we go in here third and 21, I don't think anybody expected us to go out there and throw it, you know? No. no exactly. <laughs> and Tim Patrick making that catch, and I, I mean, that was a huge momentum boost for, for the Broncos there.
0: Yep, absolutely. And, and another point, I mean, and I know a lot of NFL fan bases can use injuries as an excuse or this and that, but they're still playing without their number one wide receiver and their number one tight end, yeah. and they're still moving the ball pretty good. So. Yeah. I mean, if you had those two guys, and, and, and arguably the number one running back, even though mm. I think mm. he's got uh, replaced, I think he's gonna be the number two quarter, number two running back.
1: Yeah, um, exactly. rightfully
0: so, because uh, Lindsey, man, I love the way he ran yesterday.
1: Um, but Royce Freeman, I mean, it's what we've been talking about a lot. Is we, you know, I think we have the best, if not one of the best, uh, number number three running backs in the I league. Do. And it showed yesterday, like he, he held his own. He was able to go out there and make plays. So, uh, Lindsay could go get some rest, catch a breather before he went back out there. It wasn't like, Oh, Royce Freeman's in, well, we're not going to, we're not going to pass or we're not going to rush on this play because is out there are probably just going to pass the ball. Right No, we went out there and he made some decent plays and that was fantastic to see as well. So just because Gordon is out, it's not like our run game is 100%, um, Philip Lindsay and nothing else.
0: No, I've actually. I mean, I think Royce has produced pretty well this year when he's uh, been called upon, yeah. uh, better than last year. I have more confidence in him right now than I did at any point last year. Yeah. Which guy's kind of saying something because he going into this year, he's kind of forgotten about, but, uh, He's proven Broncos country. Hey, I'm still here. I'm still, I'm still your second round pick for a reason. So, uh, which, which is reassuring if, if you can get any production from your third uh, string running back, it's, it's always a pretty good sign. But uh, like we said, the offense moved it well until red zone. And then the red zone was came out, but B Mac was amazing yesterday. I mean, he had special teams player of the week wrapped up when he was four for four, but then he's like, eh, that's not good enough. I'm going to add two enough. more, including a 54 yarder. Um, yeah, I mean, he's, the last two weeks against the last two games, not two weeks, last two games against the Patriots and the Jets. He's proved by he's worth every penny of that four year contract extension.
1: Yep. hundred um, percent. And that's just something that's a huge asset to the team because now when you're, you know, on the 45 yard line, a lot of teams again, ah, that's like a 50 plus yard field goal. We're just going to go for the punt. I mean, Matt, we can trust me, to go out there. And it's, I think the one of his punt or one of his kicks were kind of close, you know, kind of made us go, uh, is that mm-hmm. going to go in? Okay, it did, but the others, I mean, they were right down the middle and had plenty of – he could have done yeah. those from 60 yards.
0: Yeah, he's smacking the net. Um, I loved when Belichick declined that penalty. I'm like, thanks, Bill. Yeah, We're, we're just going to kick the field goal 54 yards. Yeah, what did you think we I mean? were going to do? As if he accepted it, and then if the Broncos, if we wouldn't have gained any yards or anything, then that turns into a really long field goal we probably don't try. So mm-hmm. I actually – and I'm glad I brought that up because I actually think – and I never thought I'd say this, even though I'm a Vic Fangio fan, Vic Fangio out-coached Bill Belichick yesterday. Yeah.
1: Oh, easily, mm-hmm. easily. There there was, on the on the defense side of the ball, 100%. Yeah. I, I mean, there was no question about it. You're talking about, one, once again, just shutting down Cam Noon. And one of the things that we had talked about was, well, what do you defend? The Cam Noon's arm or Cam Noon's legs? You know, you can't do one or the other. And we were able to do both. Yep. You know, he didn't have a chance to really run around. The pressure we were getting to him so frequently, he had to get the ball out of his hands fast. And how many times do you see him sitting in the pocket for three, four plus seconds? And you don't see the backfield there when you're watching the TV. But if the quarterback is just sitting there looking around, it's because the secondary has everything covered up. Mm -hmm. And so when you're bringing the pressure and you're getting to Cam Noon and that pocket is closing so fast and you have the secondary so well covered, there's no chance for cam noon to run and so i was sitting here all week saying ah i don't know how we're going to do it we got to do one or the other and find some balance but we were able to do both the entire game
0: yeah and if you look back most of the yardage cam got especially with his legs were on broken plays yeah i mean if they were designed run plays the broncos were shutting down for the most part all day long yesterday and they never felt made him feel comfortable in the pocket i mean they just got to him even when he was getting ball off. He was getting hit most of the time, so he never felt comfortable back there, and you could tell because sometimes he missed open guys by a wide margin, and it's yeah. like, wow, that's not a Cam-like throw usually, but the, the Broncos definitely uh, definitely were bothering him, and um, like they have his whole career. I mean, yeah. he was having some flashbacks to Super Bowl 50, but he actually did dive on a fumble yesterday. He did. I was like, oh, that he was that. impressive.
1: 20? He can do that? 2020, man, crazy things are happening. You know, it's everywhere you look, it's like, holy crap, this is a 2020. Really? Holy, I never would have expected this to ever happen. And that was one yep. of those moments.
0: Yep. It's, I mean, anything <laughs> can happen, man. Um, I think the, I mean, it, it, the New England proved on the last drive of the game when Josh McDouche was mm-hmm. trusting Julian Edelman. To throw yeah. the ball twice instead of his quarterback. Yeah. That was that to me was desperation. We know we can't score on these guys with regular plays. We got to get tricky and mm-hmm. just funky with our play calling and try to catch them off guard. That's when I knew, even though I was getting nervous that last drive, because I'm like, <laughs> oh, here we go again. We we're gonna go. lose another tight one in one which we should have won. But uh, that's when I knew they they were in those two trick plays. I'm like, okay, we got them where we want them because they're they're in desperation mode.
1: Yep. And you look at how, you know, we had some trickery ourselves and I don't know if trickery is the right word. We were incredibly creative on the offensive side of the ball, but we weren't doing it out of desperation. Yeah. And uh, anyone who is watching Dave and I uh, live stream the game, um, which we're going to do here in a couple weeks again uh, at Colorado Cork and Keg, if you guys want to come down on uh, November 8th, we'll be calling the game live from there. Uh, but we even coined a new term, uh, KC crap, Kansas City crap. I mean that play where Philip Lindsay went around and you know ran in front of Drew Locke and then back around again. I Broncos have never called a play like that, and that was one hundred percent something that you know I think Kansas City even like developed. Sure. You know, several years ago where you start seeing these players run around, Pat Mahomes, and you're like, what the hell are they doing? And now I'm sitting there, I'm like. What is this Casey crap? I mean, it worked. It was fantastic, but it's not what I would expect to see from this this young of a team against New England, and, and that's what we needed.
0: Yeah, and, and I think we maybe can credit that to Pat Shermer. Maybe oh, he yeah. things with two weeks preparation. Got to review more film and kind of study his personnel and figure, hey, I can, I can put some little wrinkles in there to throw defenses off because because uh, New England's got good defense. And mm-hmm. but, but, like you said, we were aggressive on both sides of the ball and really out-coached them for the whole game and came out, punched them in the mouth, and never looked back. And it was beautiful to watch. Um, I guess we've, we've talked a lot about the defense side of the ball. Who's Who gets your game ball on defense?
1: Oh, man, are you kidding me? Uh, you no, know, it's hard to pick from. <laughs> all, all of them. No, um, you know, I think um, not Boye. Um Callahan. Right. Callahan. Thank you. Callahan. Uh he had one of those picks, right? The one that was tipped uh by Justin Simmons. Uh that was fantastic. So and, and you didn't see you didn't really hear about the backfield at all. You didn't hear about the secondary. And that's because they were doing their job so well, right? Exactly. So I, I think he definitely deserves one. He kind of showed up to play. Um let me I'm gonna look at these defensive grades here really fast, but I was impressed by him. Um obviously uh Ojemudia as well yep. you know for Seven what tackles. this is his, mm-hmm. yeah fantastic he got grade uh graded just a little bit above bryce callahan so th- those two i mean i could pick all of them but i i especially liked what i saw from those two guys
0: yeah, ojimudia and i know i am i'm sound like a broken record here because i've said this at least two times on previous podcasts but we're gonna look back at the, end of the year, I'm like. Man, we gotta steal with this kid because he's just getting he's getting better and better right before our eyes every week. Yeah. Ever since week two, where he kind of got had a really bad day against Pittsburgh. He's really starting to prove in his craft. And yeah. I think John finally got a cornerback pick correct with
1: him. No, one hundred percent.
0: But uh Justin Simmons had a good game, eight tackles, one fumble recovery. I'm gonna go with um Kareem Jackson. Yeah. Four tackles. Um I thought he had a pick, but it doesn't look like Oh, I was no.
1: like five tackles there. Yeah, no, he didn't have
0: a pick, but he had that screen that he blew up late when um, I thought that was a huge play late when New England was driving. I don't know if that was first down or second down, but he had Julian Julian Edelman ride the line for a game, um, about a two yard loss.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, he he's still one of the leaders of the defense. Flies around, plays one hundred percent at all times. Yeah, um, but but like I said, I could have gave it to either of the guys you mentioned. Could have gave the Shelby Harris who has the most. Pat swatted at the line by like seven in the last three yeah. years. I think he has like 19. Yeah. He has the best hands in the league for defensive lineman. I don't know um, how he
1: does it. And that guy, he is no small guy. And he can no. he can jump like two feet higher in the air than I can. I don't here. get
0: it. Yeah, Vic Fangio today was saying he's the best defensive lineman at doing that. He's ever been around and that he showed up to camp in fantastic shape. And it's and he's, he's a contract year and he's just balling out right now. And I just – I want the Broncos to get him signed on the dotted line oh, before. There's no way we can lose him.
1: There's no way. You let He's him
0: test. Hard. He's not coming back. Like, he, he fell into our hands again this year. Yeah. Malik um, Reed had two sacks. I thought he played well. Bradley Chubbs, he might not have had the great numbers, but he was a force out there. I mean, just oh, go yeah. watch him. He was pushing linemen around, around left and right and pushing them into cam. And, um He's really coming on every week, getting healthier and healthier and gaining that confidence. And even you now, just Andrew Johnson, I mean, at this point, we're just used to him flying around making at least five or six tackles a game. Yeah. Um, but really, I thought everybody on the even side of the ball played pretty well yesterday. Um, Offense side of the ball is even a tough one to go with a game ball of choice.
1: Well, uh, you know, who of, the, the, the pro football focused, uh, Number one offensive player for the Broncos last week was yet again Garrett Bowles. Oh, Garrett Bowles. I think all except for maybe one week uh, was not ranked the number one team. So, yeah. uh, yeah. I I can't rip on the guy. I mean,
0: he used to be a staple to be ripped on on the show, and he's been the Broncos' best lineman overall this year. He's been consistent. He hasn't had too many holding penalties. I know holding penalties are down, being called uh, across the league. They're down this year, but uh, you know I don't know if it's got to do with the crowds not really being there. So his confidence is a little up when he doesn't make a mistake, or if he's just learning. I, maybe it's uh, all of the above. He just he he is consistently the Broncos' best offense lineman right now, and I am really happy for him.
1: Yeah, no, uh, week four, Tim Patrick did edge him out just a little bit. Um, But Garrett Bowles has been in there, number one, number two. Um, Going back here, yeah, there was one week in week four there where he wasn't the number one player. Okay, two weeks, week one and then week four. So even then he was number three in week one. This guy, I mean, uh, now I'm having a hard time saying that I'm not all in on him. Even before this last game, like – I'm, I'm really starting to trust him. I'm not, you know, I'm I not know. completely on board yet, but now I am you're going, well, how am I not completely on board yet? Like for what reason? Um, you're talking about five games now in a row. It, yeah. It could be the crowd noise. I, I think it's, he knew that his fifth year option wasn't picked up. Um, he got right in his head with that uh, um, sports psychologist and Now just one game after the other, he is just building so much confidence and he's looking so fantastic. Uh, It's – I can't see how I'm not all in on him now, and I I don't want to jinx it, but that's kind of where I'm at right now, you know?
0: I know, and I thought John Elway was um, interesting yesterday on the pregame when he was speaking to Dave Logan on 850 KOA. They were talking about Garrett Bowles, and Elway was praising his play and said he's been fantastic, but Elway also mentioned how he still wants to see the consistent play throughout the end of the year. And then they can sit down and, and talk. So yeah, I thought that was a good way to look at it. Yeah. I mean, if he keeps this up, you better sit down and talk with them. And you know, I wouldn't be surprised if Bulls at first kind of shrugs shrugs it off a little bit, but uh and, and sees maybe what else is out there. But I, I want if he continues this play, I want to see him back in the orange and blue no matter what next year.
1: It's the the left side of the line is by far, I mean, incredibly strong. Oh, yeah. And now you're looking at, yeah, if Garrett Bowles continues to play like this. You can't let him go. Mm-hmm. You can't. Mm-hmm. Uh, um. You spend too much time, too much effort. It's finally, finally paying off. Now you get rid of him. Now you have to worry about the left and the right side of the line again. Yeah. And now you just have to focus on the right side with getting those guys back, getting healthy and hopefully building that up because that's, that's where, uh, where we are weak, uh, right now. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> but yeah, so it's too soon to tell if, you know, this is ex- exactly what's going to happen. If we're going to bring him back. But at this point, if it season ended today, yeah, you bring him back.
0: And I think we got to give some credit to Mike Munchak too.
1: Oh yeah. Oh I yeah. Mean, probably no brainer, but,
0: mm-hmm. but, uh, so is mold getting
1: your uh, game ball? Again, you don't hear his name, and yep. that's a fantastic thing. So he's definitely getting one of them. Um, but again, there are a lot of people here that I could uh, give some game balls to. But that's, I'm going to start with Garrett Bowles because got to give credit where credit's due, man.
0: Absolutely. I think I'm going to give mine to Philip Lindsey. Um, I mean, he didn't get an end zone, but he got over 100 yards. First came back in a couple weeks, ran re- very hard every uh, rushing attempt he had. Um, just, I don't know, just. Brought a different dynamic to the offense yesterday that we hadn't seen in a couple weeks. So, uh, yeah. you know, I, I still want to see uh, him and uh, Gordon both in there healthy. I think they could really still be a lethal one-two punch. But, of course, Melvin's got some off-the-field issues going right now. And mm-hmm. he's going to get punishment handed out by the NFL soon. It's probably going to be, a, I think, three games is usually the the um,
1: minimum. minimum. Not sure if they're going to count this last week.
0: Yeah, I don't know either um, since he was feeling ill. but Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I thought Phillip was great yesterday, and uh, I walked away. I'm like, yeah, he deserves to be number one running back. He's yeah. really proven that to me. So.
1: Yeah. So now we got uh, – I still see the comments all over social media about how we need a new quarterback and how Drew Lock is not the answer. And I am – I'm getting close to just throwing my computer, throwing my phone across the room. So, so what do you say to Broncos country fans who, who are of that mindset? Because I, maybe you can put it in nicer, more, I don't know. Polite words than too I much can.
0: credit here, but uh, when did we become such an impatient and sometimes just stupid fan base?
1: Peyton Manning years. We, we, we are we are so incredibly spoiled, and I think that you're right. people haven't moved past that mindset yet. You're right, but
0: um look how long it took the franchise to get a player like – oh, of course, Peyton wasn't drafted, but he was afraid to pick up Between Elway to Peyton Manning, that was a wide window. It's hard to find a good quarterback, and Drew Locke, yes, does he make some mistakes like those last two picks yesterday? Absolutely. But does he make great plays that other quarterbacks we've had couldn't make? Absolutely. Like that third and 21 completion to Tim Patrick. He is still learning. Yeah. Um, we we still got to see more of him. You can't just come out and say, ah, Drew Locke's not the answer. I want Trevor Lawrence. Well, I hate to break <laughs> your Broncos country. We're too good to get Trevor Lawrence. Unless yeah. <laughs> we trade away a lot of things. It's not happening. The New York freaking Jets aren't winning a game. Yeah. Um, giants are awful. Jaguars are awful. Washington's awful. They're all a lot worse than we are. We're
1: not getting Lawrence, so get over it. But um, that's that's the thing. Like you said, this is his eighth game where he started. Okay. His eighth, <laughs> eighth game. And it's not even, you know, he played four last year, and now this is like his first full season. He threw two interceptions. I get it. Mm-hmm. And people just say, oh, look at how many incompletes, incomplete passes he got. You have to look at the kind of plays that the incompletes came from. The The one to Albert O in the end zone. That is not Drew Locke's no. fault. You look at the passes he was making. He was putting it on a dime how over the, and over again. The
0: one to Hamilton. Yeah. How many quarterbacks make that damn throw? And it went no. off Hamilton's hands. I I think Deshaun Hamilton's a hardworking player, but he's got too many drops. He's almost lost all his opportunities, in my opinion, especially Mm -hmm. when Hamler gets healthy. Mm -hmm. Um, But, yeah, I mean, like, well, let's put it this way. If he knocks off the Chiefs Sunday, I still want all you naysayers to still be naysaying, naysaying and wanting Trevor Lawrence if he knocks off the Chiefs you yeah. still better be saying you want Trevor Lawrence cuz you can't just jump right back on the you bandwagon. You just
1: jump on it. No. And, and again, I don't want to stomp on the the pre-game's pocket. I'm not even looking for the win. I look for a solid performance from him. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like can he continue if, if we did against Bill Belichick and, and the New England Patriots in their home field in the early, you know, Eastern time slot, you know, that we always have trouble with and, and we did phenomenal you know, so I don't expect us to go out there and completely suck against uh, Kansas City, but you got to respect them. And uh, I'm just looking for Drew Locke to, he doesn't have to win every game for me to say, Absolutely yeah, this is not. the guy. But a lot of people out there do think that, you know, oh, we got, we lost again. That's Drew Locke's fault. And you got to, you got to look at the game as a whole. You got to look at all the players. You got to look at the situations. The numbers only tell so much of a story. Yep. You know, and, yep. While it does tell a a big part of the story, it's not the entire thing. And so, no, (laughs) we're not getting rid of Drew Lock. Exactly. Was this
0: his best game? No. But it wasn't his worst game either. And it might have been – maybe I'm putting too much confidence in him, but I'm going to go on a ledge and say yesterday's performance was the worst we'll see out of him the rest of the season.
1: I can believe it. And even then he was ranked really, really well. Yeah, Um, I mean –
0: I just like the guy. I liked how he handles himself to the media. I think he's a player that has a tons of potential. He can learn from his mistakes. Um, I just think he's got a lot of, like I said, a lot of potential. I think this whole team does. This whole team's young and fighting through injuries right now, and they're just a few plays away from beating the Titans and the Steelers, who are two of the three remaining undefeated teams in the league. Yeah, the Tampa Bay game got a little out of hand, but we were playing with Jeff Driscoll behind center, and that just that was bad from the beginning. Um, blocked punt started at all. But uh, every other game we've been right there with just a few plays going the other way to be in instead of um, two and three, we're um, four and one. Yeah,
1: Yeah. Yeah. and you know people might say that that's repetitive. Well, we were saying the same thing last year. But if you continue to swap players out every single year because this rookie didn't play as good as we thought he would and now we need to start over again, you're not going to get – Anywhere, no. anywhere. No. And so when you have a team this young, you have to, you have to go through growing pains. Yeah. You know, we are they're, finally they're learning win. mindset. Yeah.
0: They're still learning to win. I mean, this is their first back-to-back win streak. Well, okay. They won a few games in a row late last year, but the playoffs were already out of question and everything, but, and they're still learning to win. And this is back-to-back road games, both East coast games. Like you mm-hmm. mentioned, uh something that the Broncos haven't been able to do in a long time. So so now they have a huge opportunity ahead of themselves coming up on Sunday. And there's going to be no bye weeks going, going forward. Thanks to New England for screwing that up. For yeah, yeah, but yeah. Um, and, and also, I want to bring this up. How bad were the announcers yesterday?
1: I don't know. I wasn't. Oh, hopefully. David and I were doing fantastic. That's right. I, I didn't know if so you guys could still On hear. our side of the table, our, our announcing was phenomenal. <laughs> uh, but this is based off you asking this question. I'm guessing it was pretty bad, which is exactly why David and I call the games because, it, yeah.
0: If if I, what I need to do next time, because see, I live in Indiana, I don't get the games locally, so I have to go to Wings et cetera as a franchise and watch them there because they got direct TV. I need to take headphones next time plug you guys into my ears and watch the game because if I have to listen to Trent freaking Green ever again, I'm going to go insane. That dude, I, I don't like him anyways, never liked him in his playing career, Um, but he was so pr- pro-New England. Ugh, every excuse, you know, oh, they've, they've had two weeks off. Oh, they're injured. Oh, COVID this. How about the Broncos? Yeah, they're in the same no. situation because of New England, so yeah. I don't want to hear it. <laughs> um, I just I thought yeah I thought they were awful the announcers were terrible yesterday so they uh, usually are
1: yeah they usually are so I,
0: I think we'll get Nance and um, Romo this week I think for the okay. for the national right, eight, uh, I think we're for the yeah. national league game against Kansas City I assume because Kansas City or lo- nation loves Mahomes and Kansas City yeah. but, uh, but no it's I'm uh, a frog I I um, know we keep saying this but the, we got a bright future ahead of us and I just think this team's got to get better and better.
1: So how big of a confidence boost is it to be able to go into New England and beat them before playing Kansas City at home?
0: I think it's huge. I think it's huge. Um, this defense should have sky-high
1: confidence. I can't see how they I, – I, Cam Newton and Patton Mahomes are, are different, but they're similar enough in terms of their mobility and their yep. arm. You know, I obviously Cam uh, um, – Patna Holmes is a lot better sure. than Cam Newton, but in terms of what you He's have to consider,
0: too, but yeah, uh, but, on but the
1: flip of, and what you got to consider, is are you going to cover the him running or are you going to cover him passing? And we've laid out a really good example of how we can do both this last week.
0: Yeah, it'll be interesting to see if uh, Levon Bell dresses for Kansas City or not. Um, yeah, Kansas City definitely has more weapons. On the flip side of the ball, I think New England has a better defense than Kansas City, yeah. and we moved it on New England well. Like, like I've mentioned a hundred times during this podcast, we just couldn't put in the end zone, and we're going to have to do that against Kansas City. Well, okay. because Kansas City's most likely to put up a lot of points, so or, or a good amount of points. And uh, but that's why we drafted the players we did, and that's why we made the moves we made to keep up scoring wise with Kansas City. Mm-hmm. So, I'm. I'm excited for the challenge. I'm I'm feeling a lot better about it than I was two weeks ago.
1: No, hundred percent, and I think the the team knows that as well. If we can get an early touchdown, we're going to talk about this more. And you know, we're the more fun podcast, so I'm sure the the <laughs> less fun pregame podcast, which is still awesome. If you're listening out there, oh, they're still nice. awesome. They're just not as awesome. Uh, <laughs> they're going to get into it. But the big thing for me is if we can get an early touchdown and get over that mental hurdle. I really think that's what a big part of it is. Um, but that's – I think we touched on it earlier, but that fourth and goal on the two-yard line, I get it. Let's just take the points. It's its New England in their home with Bill Belichick at the helm. I get it. You just got to get the points. But at some point, this team just, just needed to find a way to punch it in mm-hmm. and get that touchdown and say, okay, we can do this. Mm-hmm. Finally, you know, and I think that would have been just the – you know, icing on the cake before we go to uh before Kansas City comes to to Denver next week.
0: because yeah, it feels like every time we do go for it, like uh the one that pops my head against Tennessee, we try to run run the end around and it didn't work. Or or no, it was a shuffle pass, excuse me. Mm-hmm. Um I wish it would have been an end around. I think that would have worked. <laughs> but uh we, we try to get too fancy and too cute yeah. sometimes down there and we just need to line them up, play big boy, smash mouth football. And like you said, I just think it takes giddy in one time, then there's your confidence. Um this team just needs a with, with Drew Locke under center, they need to get in the end zone again. It's been a long time. It's been since Tennessee yeah. because Drew got hurt early against Pittsburgh and they didn't play against Tampa or, or the Jets. So mm-hmm. it's just been a while until this group as a cohesive unit has scored and put up a lot of points, and um, they're due. They're due. We're due to beat Kansas City. We haven't beat them since week two of um 2015. Oh, God. So, the <laughs> hooked us there before he was a Bronco, he kind of laid an egg, and uh, Bradley Roby picked it up and ran it in for a crazy Oh, I think it was a Monday night game. Maybe so. Thursday night game. I think it was a Thursday night game. I don't know. Primetime. Prime time. It wasn't Sunday. It was either Thursday or Monday. I think it was Thursday, actually. But uh, anyways, we're, we're due. We're, we're, we're due. I mean, these are the defending champs. Um, great opportunity ahead for the Broncos. I don't
1: – is there 5,200 going to be in the stadium? Uh, 57. 57. It's, it's a, just a little – more, more than, than 7%. It's about yeah. 55, 5,700 or something like that. So.
0: Well, hopefully we can come out, punch them in the mouth, give them something to cheer for, get yeah. loud, um, as loud as they can. And, uh, yeah. yeah, looking forward to it.
1: So I do want to, you know, we kind of talked to, at, at length about the game now. Uh-huh. that At the end of the game there, um, I think it was that third and, third and long. Um, what were you expecting to see from – from the Broncos on that play because we know what happened and they brought the house, everybody, you know, But I guess what were you expecting or what, what did you think they were going to maybe try to do?
0: I thought we were just going to rush three and lay, lay everybody back and then um, <laughs> it wasn't going to end up well, like it normally doesn't for us. They're going <laughs> to get something low and get a bunch of yards after the catch. But uh, no, I, even though they had been bringing the house more often so far in that game than we had seen. I did. I didn't expect that right there. And that was a tremendous play. Goal.
1: I mean, all, all I know is I was sitting there just saying, okay, we got to find a way to just, yeah. Kind of like you said, mm-hmm. just not let them, let them get the full yardage, but then they hiked the ball. And all I know is I blinked and there was just a huge mass of white jerseys everywhere. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. it happened that fast. And I, it took me as I was like, what just happened? Mm-hmm. And I, I think, Cam Newton and New England's offense was thinking the same thing. What just happened? Yeah. You know, you, you study what Vic Vangio does for so long and you look at, you know, all these situations and how he's called this defense and they didn't expect that. And so, you know, I don't say we've given up our hand, but when you're playing teams like Kansas city and new England and these other teams have been playing down the road, we have to find a way to stay creative and unpredictable. You Absolutely. Know? But we should we show that we can do it. we just we can't get predictably unpredictable, you know,
0: and I think the defense took it upon themselves though okay, you know it's up to us to finish this game last year, it was up to us a lot of times, especially early on in the season, we couldn't get it done. We got to get this done for our offense and um and they were probably thinking, you know, we've played too good up to this point to let let everybody down now, and it just reminded me of the um uh, twenty fifteen defense it, it, yeah they took over to yeah, they, they just made the clutch plays when they needed to yesterday. And, um, it was beautiful to see.
1: It was, um, I, I'm loving how I, I especially against, I know we had two weeks, kind of the, the pseudo by week, if you will, uh, beforehand to get rested and kind of work through some of these things. But the fact that we were able to play so well as an entire team, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. The, The defense, you know, definitely did their part, but offensively we we moved the ball so well, you know, and it's how many times have we seen the the defense go out there in the first half just play so well and dominate, but our offense is getting three and out three and out one, maybe one or two first downs and they're punting again and the defense is out there for so long. And they just get worn out. But here we go, and we see what this team can do, especially what this defense can do when the offense does their part and moves the ball and keeps the opposing uh, uh, offense off the field. So
0: yeah, that's a great point. Extending drives. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's a great point. And uh, you know, one thing I wanted to point out because I saw a lot of Broncos country on Twitter towards the end of the game um, getting mad, and I was mad at the play call, um, but get mad at Pat Shermer. For the offensive play call, not Vic Fangio. Vic doesn't yeah. call the offensive plays.
1: Yeah,
0: Pat Shermer does.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, I'm still left scratching my head why he <laughs> wanted to pass there because just run the ball a couple it's more so times, scary. run some clock, get a first down, maybe two, and the game's over. I yeah, I still don't understand that. Uh, maybe I need to go back and rewatch. Maybe there were some other options you could have thrown thrown to instead of trying to go deep. But that's Drew. Drew's kind of that he's got the gun slender men- men- mentality, and sometimes it's going to bite you.
1: So. Yep. I mean, it did there, but, um, you know, we had seen enough early in the game that it, it was working and yep. it was paying off. And, you know, as long as it pays off more than it doesn't, you, you know, yeah, exactly. it was like, keep going for it. But if you do it three or four times in a row and it's not working, okay. Eh. And I mean, kind of like our, our run game kind of really got stuffed there, especially in the third quarter. And it's like, okay, well, how are we going to, like, you can't just not have a run game for the rest of the, the game here, and so what are you going to do? And we were able to overcome that. Uh, it didn't get pretty again, but we were able to do something with it. And, yeah, when you have Drew Lock back there, you got to expect him to do that stuff to help open up the run game and keep things moving.
0: Exactly. I mean, and, and I think he learned through the two weeks of being off and, and getting hurt against Pittsburgh again, which was another, you know, kind of trying to be out. Second time he's got hurt trying to be outside of the pocket and trying to brace mm-hmm. his ball and all that. I think he's kind of learned. He's got to have to change his game a little bit. Not that he can't be aggressive and throw down field, because he's always going to do that, but he's just got to be careful about moving outside the pocket as much. I didn't. We didn't see him do that a ton yesterday. He no. could tell he kind of wanted to at times and then thought, oh, I got to stay in here a little longer and see if anything develops, because he can still develop plays while in the pocket a little bit. No. He doesn't always have to get out and – trying to make that big play. I mean, because we we we, ha- we can't afford him to get hurt again. Because we got to see what he can do. Um, but uh, as far as people want him to check down more, I I don't know if that's going to happen.
1: No, we saw it too much from Flacco last year and in the years before. You just the whole check down thing. No, uh, go yeah. for it. You know, if you can put the ball on the money that that well, that consistently, go for it. You know, put it in the, the your receiver's arms and let them make the play at that point, you know, but if you're just continuously checking down one, you're not trusting your receivers 2 They're probably getting pissed off because why the hell aren't you giving me a chance out there? You're, you're stalling out these drives. Now it goes back to what we were just talking about. Right. So, no, it's, you can check down from time to time, especially if it's not there. And I think that, you know, the first interception, that would probably wouldn't have been a good time. It was like, mm-hmm. dude, there was literally nothing there, double coverage and everything. But for the most part, no, I don't want – nobody wants to see checking, you know, quarterback yeah. consistently checking down, especially if it's a good secondary. Don't care. you yep. got to make something happen, and that's what we saw yesterday.
0: It'll be interesting uh, when Noah Fant comes back, just gives his offense another tool, especially now to go with, with Albert O., Assuming mm-hmm. that he'll be the number two tight end over Jake, like I, um, yeah, I love
1: Jake. But, but I do too,
0: I, But I think he can he can just add so much more to the passing game than Jake can. um yeah. and just drew another weapon that he's uh, already built that chemistry with. So yeah, I'm I'm excited, man. I'm I'm excited that, that we're covering this Broncos' second win in a row, the first win in Foxborough since six. I mean, it's it's very exciting times, and now it's uh, like I've mentioned a couple times, a big big. Test with the uh, defending Super Bowl champs coming into the Mile High City on Sunday should be yeah. should be a blast.
1: Bottom line, as well as we played against the Jets, we were graded better against the Patriots. Yeah, so that, that should tell you something. You know, we're sitting like, oh yeah, well, we beat the the Jets. Oh, you know, that's whew, that's not a big thing, but we played better against New England than we did the Jets, and that says a lot. And that's big picture. That's why I'm excited.
0: Yeah, we absolutely did play. I mean, sure, we only scored 18 points, but like you said earlier, stats only tell part of the game. And, um, I mean, our first six drives were scoring drives, but they were just field goals instead of touchdowns. You turn two of those into touchdowns, we put up a heck of a lot more points than 18. So, mm-hmm. um, so we were real close to having a great offensive performance all around. And even with that said, I still would grade it as a, I don't know, B, B performance on the offense.
1: Yeah, I would say so, uh, and yeah. that you know, when you have a defense playing as well, I'd give the offense at least an A. Okay. Uh, maybe not necessarily A plus, but it's very solid A. And yeah. when you have a defense playing like that, you don't need your offense to go out there and do yeah. lights out amazing. They just need to do enough to get the points on the yeah. board. And we saw that they're fully capable of doing it. They just have to make the a couple of those touchdowns happen. And man, we can be competitive against any team out there. If, you know, we can get three field goals a game and three touchdowns, you know, or some combination thereof. So, if, you know, I, I'm not going to say that we're going to be that good every game, but if we can play this well, as we did against New England moving forward, you know, yeah, we're two and three and it's not pretty, but there's we're not even halfway through the season yet. And as Jared would say – we are not mathematically eliminated. We are not so. mathematically
0: eliminated and this is one of the tougher <laughs> stretches of our schedule at New England yep. and KC at home. Yeah. That's, that's a pretty tough stretch so. Yeah. I mean, you get through these two then anything's possible.
1: See what happens. See mm-hmm. what happens, man. So. Well, I think that's uh my piece. I even got a little rant in there against some Broncos fans that uh Yeah, that was uh that was I, I needed to get that out there yeah, because we did. I I just I, I'm I'm tired of screaming at my phone.
0: <laughs> no, it's the same thing. It's on Twitter all the time. It's every every single Broncos game. It comes up, and uh, we're not getting Trevor Lawrence, guys. Sorry, not
1: Sorry happening.
0: Close to do of them. so for yeah. multiple
1: reasons. Yep. But yep, nah, man, good stuff.
0: Yep, like always. It's always so much more fun to uh, cover a win and a loss. So hopefully, we're cool. doing it for the third time in a row.
1: Let's uh, see. I, knock on the wood, night right?
0: Night. Yep. <laughs> yep. Knock on wood.
1: <laughs> there it is. I'm sure you got some stuff to plug. Oh, as always. As always, hey guys, thanks for listening to the Orange Weekly podcast. Uh, got a you know, ton of stuff here for you in terms of the content we're delivering for you guys. Remember, we got Monday night show, Orange Weekly after dark, 9 p.m. Mountain Time. Uh, our flagship show, Tuesdays, 7 p.m. Mountain Time, Bourbon Broncos. No BS. Uh, we tell it as it is, there is no bullshitting. If the team sucks, we'll call them out. If they do fantastic, we're going to give them credit, and that's going to be fun. Uh, tomorrow night to do that. Also, got the uh, right here, the post game podcast. Obviously, you're listening to this at uh, any one of those podcast sources. I also got the pregame podcast. So wherever you're listening uh, to uh, these podcasts on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, uh, Stitcher, wherever, really appreciate you guys tuning in. If you could give us that five-star rate uh, rating, uh, if you go on uh, Facebook and give us a review, whatever guys, that would mean so much to us. That helps us out a ton. We do not get paid for this, uh, at least not yet, maybe someday, but, uh, Hopefully. any, any extra little support, uh, you guys can throw our way in terms of those ratings or reviews, Uh, it just means a ton to us. So, uh, we also got the, every week we have a pregame show about 30 minutes, uh, 45, 30 minutes before kickoff. We also got our halftime hash show guys. Nobody else out there does a halftime show. We are the only ones. So as soon as halftime starts, check your phone because we will be live. Uh, and you can listen to us as you get up, get some more snacks, get another beer, stretch your legs, and you don't have to worry about listening to the halftime commentators talk about whatever bullshit they talk about Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. We're, we're much more fun. We'll talk with you, not at you. So we are there to post your comments, questions, and talk about whatever you have on your mind. So, um, ton of stuff, November 8th, we'll be back at Colorado cork and keg. Dave and I will be calling another game there, um, against the Falcons. So, uh, tell them that. Uh, orange weekly since you get half off your first drink whenever you go it's right there in castle rock colorado off of the highway um and a fantastic little place good stuff they're fantastic people so uh yeah that's that's about it man um, i'm sure we forgot some ragers oh, man i keep doing that yep. see the last four years i've just gotten in this like sure. rhythm of yep. my plugs and now i just need a the ragers Rager, throw, throw ragers. It there Oh yeah, no. This is sorry, Ray. If you're listening to this, I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> not on purpose by any means. If you're interested in sports betting, if you wanna, if you like making sports bets, if you're just interested in hearing what the the betting lines are and you're not really looking to bet, but you want to hear what Vegas is thinking, tune into Ragers. Comes yep. out to podcast. Comes out on Saturdays. Uh, he'll break it down for you. And it's not just oh, the Broncos are going to win. So here are the bets to take. Ray has been a sports better for years. Knows what he's talking about. If, if the odds aren't there, he'll pick against the Broncos. He'll tell you exactly what bets he's taking, and he's going to tell you why. So you actually get to learn about sports betting uh, in addition in addition to just, hey, take this bet, don't take that bet kind of thing. So. I was
0: frustrated yesterday. I think it was – no, Saturday. I saw one that he posted on Twitter. If mm-hmm. you don't call Ragers on Twitter, go do that right now. Um, it was for Phil Lindsay. It was the over-under for yardage. I was like, I don't know. 47 and a half something i'm like yeah. oh yes i want to take that so i got into my DraftKings, and it wasn't up there yet so i'm like okay i'm going to do it tomorrow i think this was saturday i'll do it till mm-hmm. Sunday. forgot about it oh and no easy money i'm like because i always try to take ray up on one of his bets because he's won me a decent amount of money yeah. before this year and i want to continue that and keep that going and then that was all me right that wasn't on you i just Forgot to double-check. Actually, it was on DraftKings for not having it up on Saturday night yeah. when I checked. But.
1: No, Ray, I mean, he's positive this year, you know. He, oh, yeah. You know, he makes Ray's smart up. bets, um, and that's what gets him. And he gives uh, a good
0: reasoning, too, behind it. That's what yeah. I enjoy. Yeah. He makes me feel good about what I'm picking and gives me logical reasons why I should do that. Yeah. It's not just like I'm not just going with my heart. I'm actually going with my brain a little bit, too.
1: Yeah, exactly So before we go, uh, Tanner I want to get your input on this And any anybody who's been watching our live shows On Facebook and Twitter uh, Kind of know what we're talking about And if you don't, uh, another reason for you to to Check in and watch so you kind of get An idea of what I'm about to ask you there, Tanner But are you Team Puffball Or are you Team Visor? Puffball
0: Yeah, <laughs> I that's refer to Visors as half a hat
1: So
0: <laughs> That's why I had a college roommate that would make fun of people wearing visors, call them half a hat. So I've, uh, no, I'm not a visor guy. I'm a hat or a sock cap guy. I mean. Team
1: puffball is growing. Yep. It's yep. growing. I can't wait for uh, Jerry to listen to that. Oh, he's uh,
0: going I'm all for it. So, <laughs>
1: <laughs> Hey, guys. Uh, thanks for tuning in. Uh I want to close this out, man.
0: Yep. Um, thanks again, Broncos Country, for listening. Two we- Two wins in a row. We're going to try to make it three against the Chiefs. No better time we are due, and I think there's only one thing left to say, and that's go Broncos. Go Broncos.
1: Orange Weekly, fans, brews, and Broncos news.